So good morning and welcome to Thrive Church. We're excited that everybody's here. We're honored to be worshiping with everybody. I'm honored that all of us are together. I'm honored that people are watching us online and paying attention online and connecting with us. And we're just so thankful that you're part of this family and this team. Our motto with this church is don't just survive, thrive. And the way we do it is we do it, we've summed up into three words, grow, develop, succeed. And what we're doing is we're going to kill the sound. We're growing a kingdom. We're not just growing a local church. I want every church to flourish. I don't just want Thrive to flourish. I want every church that's preaching Jesus to flourish. I want everyone to be overflowed, to explode, to have to build more buildings, to send more pastors out, to give more people opportunity to do great and mighty things. As a matter of fact, just to kind of give you a, what I want to do here, I want to open up another campus when this thing grows to a certain position. And in the other campus, I want to set a pastor in there. And I don't want to have like some of these other campus churches where they have a screen and, and you watch me preach and, and I don't want that. I want the campus pastor to preach in that church. And the way I want the campus pastor to preach is I want the campus pastors, I want all of us to meet together once a week and write messages together. And then we're all going in the same direction, but we minister them in our own personality in the way God has given us to minister. And that's what I'm looking at doing. I'm trying to cast some vision here because remember just a few weeks ago, we were talking about vision. Then we start talking about detoxing. And because, because if you're going through a time when you want to search for vision, you need to be cleaning up yourself on the inside. Because, see, you're not going to get vision, and God's not really going to show it to you in its fullness if we have so many toxins on the inside of us that's causing us not to be able to see clearly. And there's things that are stopping us. There's things that are stopping us spiritually. There's things that are stopping us mentally, emotionally. There are things that are stopping us physically. We learned just last week that our physical body can cause you to sin. That your physical body has so much control over you, it can take over your mind because of desires that it has on the inside that cause you to do the things that you don't want to do. So what does that mean? That means you cannot do it alone. Everybody who thinks that they can just do this, you can't. I'm sorry. I wish if you could then it would be great because then we'd be able to hide and not let anybody know and we could work it out. It doesn't work that way. But let me also tell you, it doesn't work if you talk to somebody who's just going to gossip about it all over the church either because it's going to cause you to... That's why we have small groups. That's what they're for. I want people involved in small groups so you can find out who you can communicate to and who you can talk to and who you can connect with, who you can pour your heart out to because there's some people that you can't pour out your heart out to because you have brother and sister bucket mouth. That's why I don't like prayer chains because prayer chains have turned into gossip chains. Oh, we need to pray for sister such and so. Wait a minute. Maybe God's telling you to pray for sister such and so, not for you to tell everybody what's going on in their life. Get on your knees and pray. Start seeking God. You know, that's what it's about. So detoxing. And the thing of it is, is detoxing is this. It's removing the toxic, toxic things out of our lives. Toxic people, toxic things we think, toxic things we do, the poisons that are keeping us from walking in a healthy relationship with God. And we're closing that series this morning. We should have been done with it. Yesterday should have been 21 days of prayer. 
We were praying for dreams. We were praying for visions, for personal dreams and visions from God and for our local church dreams and visions from God to continue to move forward. And like I said, next year when we pray at this time, we're going to start praying for our, our teenagers, our children. We're going to start praying as they go back into school and things like that. We're going to pray for them. And we're going to lift them up. We're going to be targeted in everything we do. We have a plan. We, we don't just shoot from the hip and just go, okay, let's just shoot. Jesus didn't shoot from the hip. Jesus had a plan. See, what Jesus did is he took time away from people, and he went to the Father. And he got the plan from the Father, and then he came back to his disciples with a plan. See, that's what we need to do, is we need to go to the Father ourselves. And we need to get the plan. And then we need to come back with a plan, and we need to let the people know what the plan is, so that way we can do it together. See, God didn't call us to be islands. He did not call us to be alone on Gilligan's Island. That's not what he called us to do. God called us to be a community. He called us to kononia. He call, called us to fellowship, to have communion with one another. And that's what God has called us to do. And that's what we're doing here at Thrive. We don't just, it's not a just because. See, the thing of it is, is you can't just detox and detox all the time. After you detox, after you go through that process, you have to learn how to maintain. Because you can't keep detoxing. When a heroin addict goes to detox for 72 hours, he doesn't continue to do that same process after he's done detoxing. He has to learn how to maintain to stay off of heroin. He has to learn how to keep his mind in the right place, how to keep his heart and his spirit, everything in the right place. Maintain. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the Living Bible, it's not that all the other Bibles are dead, it's just the name of the... Anyway. May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. And may your spirit and soul and body... Your what? Didn't I tell you there were three parts of you? There they are. And, they're, and spirit and soul are two different Greek words. As a matter of fact, the one for the soul there means mental. Your senses. Your mind, will, intellect, and emotions. The word spirit there is like a blast of air. Power. Because God is power. So you are a spirit. That means you have power on the inside. And that power has a mind, a will, intellect, and emotion. And when you put a mind, a will, an intellect, and emotion into a body with a spirit, you've got the God kind of power on the inside of you working in this realm, in this earth. You have the power of death and life in your tongue to change your world around you. Start speaking the right things. Quit speaking negativity. You know what happens with negative people? They live in hell on this earth. Because they're always messed up. They're always on the inside. There's a war going on. They don't have peace. God wants us to have peace that passes all understanding. And you can't have peace that passes all understanding no, because you're jacked up. 
and you need some help. Amen, I'm here to help you. <clears throat> so spirit and soul and body be kept strong and blameless until the day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. We talked about detoxing of the spirit the first week, detoxing of the soul the next week, detoxing of the body, and now we need to, that we've gained some ground, we need to learn how to keep it, how to maintain it. Well, how do you maintain it? That, that's a really good question. Because Jesus is coming back soon, and you want to be in that maintenance mode in your, to keep your spirit, soul, and body in line, right? You want to keep it blameless. So what I did is I took a look at a teaching from John Maxwell. The teaching is called the Rule of Five. The Rule of Five. This is basically the Rule of Five. Let's say you have a tree in your front yard. And you don't want that tree in your front yard. So every day, you go to the garage, and you pick up that sharp axe, and you hit it one, two, three, four, five. You put the axe back, you go on with your day. But every day, the next day you get up, one, same spot. What's going to happen to that tree? Eventually, it might not fall today. It might not fall tomorrow. It might not fall next week or next month. But you know what? Eventually, it's going to fall. See, if we just do something every day, we might not see it today, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the situation is, if we just take our five swings at it every day, we're just nicking away at it, nicking away at it. Eventually, it's going to fall. Eventually, it's going to come down. Any problem that you have in your life, if you take five swings at it every day, eventually that problem is going to be gone. No matter what the situation is, just move forward. Proverbs 27, or I mean 1724 in the Good News Translation says this, an intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. The reason why people have a hard time accomplishing anything is because they're so focused on so many different things instead of focusing on one thing. Okay? There are people that come to this church here right now because I've met them along the way somewhere. Whether it's different things that I've done on a job, whether it's at an automotive shop a year ago, you know, diff but have come. Why? Because I'm single focused wherever I'm at in ministry. No matter what I'm doing, I am single focused. I'm always proclaiming Jesus wherever I go, in whatever I do. If I didn't, then what happens is I would be a fool. So what I do is I use the rule of five in my own life. In the rule of five, I've learned this. The first thing is be intentional. So today when you leave, my goal is for you to look at your life to see what it looks like, and I want you to be intentional, be specific. Don't travel aimlessly and shoot aimlessly. Because people say, oh, you know, just walk in that direction. Eventually, you're going to figure it out. 
Okay. Let's say I'm walking to California. And I start walking east. You know when I'll figure it out? When I get to the beach in Virginia or Florida or North Carolina or somewhere, that's when I'm going to figure it out. Now I've just added a whole lot more work to me walking to California. Why don't I just do myself a favor and get on my face before the Lord and ask him direction? And the Holy Spirit might say, do you realize you're walking towards the way the sun is rising? And you should be walking to where it sets? Huh. Boy, I can figure that out. But see, the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you. He will show you all ways to go. So live with a purpose. Once you know what you want to do, be practical about it. So many people are not practical about what they want to do. See, cut the tree down with an axe, not with a butter knife. So many people are using the wrong tool to try to get the job done. And then you get frustrated that the job's not getting done, but you're using a butter knife. It's a tree. You might as well use a toothpick. You need an axe, a chainsaw, a bulldozer. You know, you need the right tool to do the right job. Be practical about it. But you know, a lot of people have great intentions, but they use the wrong tools. And so they don't get anything done. They get frustrated. When I came here, I came here to try to use the right tools. But the problem is, the right tools, we didn't come together and do it. See, the right tools would be going out and evangelizing people. Not a bunch of programs. Churches did programs and they worked for a while, but you know what? Without making babies, you don't grow a family. Without evangelizing, you don't grow the kingdom. Without growing the kingdom, you're not really going to grow a church. I'm not looking for a bunch of churched people to come in here so we can play church hopping. I'm looking to make babies and raise babies up into adults. Do I need some mature Christians here on the way? Yes, because I can't do it myself, but we can do it together, and we can help raise each other and be a healthy family. Amen? The next thing you need to know about this rule is be consistent. And this, to be honest with you, this is one of the most difficult things, is being consistent. Because it's easy to pick up a thing and hit the tree five times, but to do it every day, that's a little bit harder. You don't have to do it all day, you just have to do it every day. See, most Christians want to read ten chapters of the Bible, quote three verses, pray for an hour, will listen to worship for nine hours a day, and it just doesn't work. Why don't you just open up a devotional and read about two minutes and meditate on that throughout the day? Meditate on it through the day. 
Chill out. Allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in you, and you'll see that you'll grow a lot further. You'll get great results. The fourth thing that I see to this rule is this. Expect results. See, God wants you to experience, and I want you to experience everything that God has for you. Expect it to happen. If you stay consistent, it will happen. Nine years ago, I came to this place, and there was under 20 people. And it fluctuated up, it fluctuated down, it fluctuated. Most pastors in situations like that leave within one to two years. But I don't know if I'm just hard-headed. I'm consistent. I trust God. The last couple weeks, we've been running over 160 people. Okay? It's growing. And we, and we count the kids, you know, when you're looking around, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're, we're counting children, too, and because the children need to be growing, too. They can't just be adults in a building. We need to be growing everywhere. That's why I added more chairs. We have 208 chairs in here right now. And I, and, we, and I have a total of 400 that we can fill this place with. So it's like, how can we get them in here? They've been in here before. And I'm expecting to get them in again. And I'm expecting to start building a building and start doing great and mighty things. I'm expecting. So be expecting. Keep painting the picture. Every time it looks bleak, every time it looks, go back to what God showed you. What, God, what did God say? Look at the picture. Look at the vision. That's called faith. And when you're looking at faith and, 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 and quit looking at what's stopping you and what's hindering you and start looking at the vision. If the vision's something you can do, it's not God's vision. If the vision is impossible for you to do, that's God. That's when it's God. Have, have, would be way out here when you're looking, wham, man. That is big. Get excited about it. See, I'm excited. I'm expecting to God to do great, mighty things. I expect to continually grow, develop, succeed. I expect to thrive. You need to get into a habit, an everyday habit. I'm going to give you my personal five. And then I'm going to give you another five that's going to be in your notes. This is not going to be in your notes. This is my personal rule of five that I use. Number one, I talk to God every day. That's the first thing I do. When I get up in the morning, that, that is the first thing that I do. I start talking to God. I thank him for, that, for the day. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking to him. I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm praising. Oh, God, you're just so awesome. Thank you for allowing me to get up today, to be a witness to you today. The next thing, read the Word every day. When I was with my mom um, so, several months ago, when she was going through her uh, issues that she was having with cancer and uh, her spine and everything, I showed her what I do every day. Is a, it's just a small devotional. It, on, on my iPad, or, and it's on my phone, 
And so every day, and it's just real small, and I look at it every day. When I used to do the prayer here in the morning over here, I would take that devotional and I would use that devotional in our prayer meeting over there. But every day, and it's not real big, it's just small, but every day. Every day. Every day, number three, what I do is I meditate on what I've read. I think about it every day. I, I chew on it. I, I'm, I'm like, man, every day, you know, I'm, 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 I'm chewing on this. My number four is every day I worship God. Every day. Well, do you mean that there's some days that you, 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 you don't do this or do you do it all the time? Well, there are times when I miss one or two, but I don't beat myself up over it. Just the next day, I continue on. I don't take two more swings and make it seven. I keep it five. See, that's what people do. They'll do this through the Bible through a year, and they'll do great for the first week. Then they'll miss three days, and you know you're reading like Old Testament, New Testament, Proverbs, Psalms, and it takes 15 minutes. So now you missed five days, 15 times five. It's like, oh, man, I can't just make that up. Don't make it up. Just go to the day that you're supposed to be on and continue on. You'll make it back if you just keep doing it every day. Uh, uh, now, what are we doing? I'm teaching you how to maintain the stuff that we've taught for the last three weeks. Why? Because we are going someplace every day. Number five, try to make a difference in someone else's life every day. Now, those of you who know me, and hang out with me, you know I'm always, every time we get to this point of it where we're talking and stuff like I'm, I'm always trying to put something in you. I'm always, Alexa tells me all the time, will you be my dad, not just my pastor? <laughs> it's kind of hard sometimes for me to do that. Because every day, it's not trying, I'm not trying to be a pastor. I have so much compassion to try to help people be better in their lives. And guess what that does for me? It has God bring people into my life to try to help me be better. Because God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if I'm sowing into other people's lives, God is going to bring people across my path to sow into my life. Amen? I'm telling you, that's good. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five rules, the rule of five on detoxing. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He just said you need to put first things first. You got to put kingdom stuff before anything else. What? Yeah. You have to put kingdom stuff before anything else and when you do, everything else takes care of itself. It just does. Put kingdom stuff first. See, there are some things that you can do every day. The first thing that you can do every day is acknowledge and thank God. Like I said, that's one of the first things I do in the morning. I just, I acknowledge God. I thank Him. I talk to Him. I thank Him in, in advance for the day. I, I, I'll tell you, I want God to bring joy, peace, love, grace, mercy, goodness, and kindness through me every day. And when that happens, when I, you can tell when I'm doing that when I'm not. 
Because when I'm doing that, you can come at me any way you want, and I'm okay. But when I'm not doing that, the Tabasco's coming up my leg. And I just want to backhand you. And if I keep not doing that, I might backhand you. So I need to go every day. Amen? The reason why it's so important to do this one thing every day, because gratitude changes attitude. When you're grateful for something, your whole attitude changes. It does. But when you're not grateful, you got a bad attitude. I remember one time, I'm not going to mention any names, um, but I remember one time there was a young man who received Doritos for Christmas. But the young man's parents couldn't really afford to pay attention. But the young man was so mad and so ungrateful and, so, and he was bitter. I'll never forget the moment. I was there that Christmas. I saw it with my own eyes. And I'll, I, I take a look at things now because I used to get upset when my mom for Christmas would get me socks and underwear. I wanted toys. She wanted to be practical. I didn't want practicality. But I understood because you kind of get like, you know, dad gets socks and underwear. I get toys, you know. I mean, that's what you think. But I, and I don't get me wrong. It's not I didn't get toys, too. But I just would rather replace it with socks, you know, the toys, the socks and underwear with the toys. You know what I'm saying. Anyway. Now she's laughing at me. Because I never told her this before. And now I'm telling her in front of a whole lot of people, guys, pray for me. Because it might not be good after church. But really, my point was I understood because when the kid got the Doritos, he was so ungrateful, and still to today, he's a really bitter person. And I've known this kid for many years, you know, way before my, my children were born, you know. I've known the kid for a long time. And what's that? Is that, is that, can I answer it? Can I? I'll answer it. Well, you know why I said that? I, I used to tell people, turn off their cell phones all the time. And one, and, one, and one day, but what happened was, one day I was ministering. I had probably about 70 or 80 people on a Wednesday night service. My phone goes off in my pocket. I'm going, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I picked it up. I said, hello? I answered it. If you're watching online, Tina Frazier, you know it was you. Anyway, um. I said, hey, she said, hey, Brother Rick, you know, blah, 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 you know, I said, hey, she goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm teaching the Word of God to about 70, 80 people. She goes, oh, no, you're not. So then what I did, as I said, is that what we're doing? And I put it out there, yeah. You know what? She's never called me on a Wednesday or Sunday since. <laughs> Imagine that, you know. So my point there, which had nothing to do with my message, it, it's okay. I understand. I do it myself. So it is what it is. In Psalms chapter 145, verses 1 through 3, it says, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever, every day. 
I will praise you and extol you, or extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. So every day when you wake up, acknowledge him. Give him praise. Especially since gratitude changes attitude. We all need to have an attitude adjustment. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all came up, got, you guys got up this morning, right? Now, how many of you had just a perfect, lovely, flowery day on your way to church as you're getting? Three people, four, five, five people. Huh, imagine that. And guess what? Those five are probably lying. Anyway, <laughs> I used to remember in the early days when Leah and I would, would start going to church and I back when we used to wear ties. Where's my tie? You know, and the kids are probably going, oh, and then we walk into church. Holy, holy, holy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's the real world. Why? Because we get frustrated. You know, kids, get ready. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go. It was her fault. It was his fault. Okay. So every day, have that, that attitude of gratitude. And what happens is everything just changes around you. Your whole world will change. Amen? All right. You need to realize this, is you don't have to see it for it to be yours. Huh? Yeah, you don't have to see it. Um. Do you know the Bible says that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills? Have you ever taken a look at a thousand hills at one time and seen all the cattle? You haven't seen it, right? Do you know the Bible says the fullness and everything belongs to the Lord? Have you ever seen everything? Okay. Do you know that God gave everything, the Father gave everything to Jesus? You know the Bible says that? Do you know that Jesus said he gave everything to the church? Do you realize that we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus? That means everything that he has, we have. So even if you don't see it with your eyes, you have it. Even though that I don't see this thing that's going on with my voice, with my eyes, I have the healing. I don't have to see it to have it. I just have to believe it. And when I believe it, I'm giving God a chance to manifest his presence through me. Well, how long do I have to believe it? Until I see it. Because once I see it, I don't have to believe it anymore because believing is things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of what? Things not seen. So I keep believing that I already received it when I prayed. Then I stop believing it once it happens because it's happened. See, I might not know the process. You can write this one down, but I know the processor. And if you know the processor, who cares about the process? Because he's faithful. He's the one who's just. Every day, number two, talk to God. Simply put, pray every day. Now, listen, don't pray Elizabeth in English. 
Why? Because you don't talk it. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't talk it either. He probably talked Greek. Why? Because that was the language of the area where he was at. He might have talked Hebrew. He could have talked Aramaic also. But he did not talk Elizabethan. Thus thou go thy Godeth in heavenness. Oh my goodness. Why don't you just say, God, man, I don't know what's going on, but whoo, talk to him like you'd talk to your best friend. Because he's not going to talk to you. You know what, Stacy? I got a thine from thy tree. You know, he's not going to talk to you like that. He's going to talk to you the same way that you talk. If you say yuns, he's going to say yuns. If you say dude, he's going to say dude. Why? Because he's going to relate to you the way you talk. So just talk to him. It doesn't have to be so formal. Just be normal. Psalms 6, and I didn't mean to rhyme, but that was good. 68, 19. It says, praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. God wants to hear what's on your heart. He wants to hear it daily. He daily wants to bear your burdens. He's concerned about you. And I'm going to tell you what, if you want to, uh, to be effective in praying, I'm going to give you three things that go under this topic right here. The first one is have a certain time. Um, it, it doesn't have to be like an hour. It can be. It can be 60 seconds. You realize you can get a lot done in 60 seconds? I mean, there's some people, man, you, you go 61 seconds and they're just, woo, and never, never land. Just have a certain time. Psalms 5.3 says this, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in what? Expectation. So expect God to do something. Have a certain time that you do it. It's great in the morning when you get up. That's a great time. Then you need to select a certain place. Huh? Yeah. Find a place that you're not going to get distracted, a place where you're not going to have all this noise wrapped up in your head. Find a place and a time that you can get together with God. It could be, unless your son Josh is sleeping there, it could be in the living room when your spouse is asleep because you don't want to wake them up, but if your son Josh is sleeping, he's speaking in tongues. You know, and it's distracting. All right? So find a place. It could be in your closet. I remember this. I don't know. I, I, Mom probably remembers. It was probably, probably the first time I really gave my life to Christ because I've given my life to Christ a few times. It, it just stuck this last time. <laughs> but one time, I was, I was 17 years old. I was living at my mom's house. I was a punk rocker. These, these wild people took me to church. And they got me to church, and, and, you know, they said I was going to get born again. I ended up getting born again. Got right, rid of all my punk rock albums. I wish I wouldn't have now. I could have sold them for a lot of money. Anyway, just kidding. So I got rid of all the albums. They gave me this album, He is Jehovah by, by Kenneth Copeland. He is Jehovah. 
Lord God Almighty, and it's got, oh, God, rich, you know, all these songs. And I'm in the closet because I read in the Bible where it said, get in your closet. My shoes stunk. 17-year-old <laughs> boy's shoes stink. And so I'm in the closet with these smelly shoes. But you know what? It was my certain place. I got to God in a certain place. You know, he spoke to me that way. I spoke to me too, but he spoke to me that way. And I heard some things in that certain place. Now, one of the things I didn't hear in that certain place, I added to what God had said. It's what actually jacked me up, is I just gave my life to Christ. You know, my hair, I don't know, it might have been orange. I, I, it, it was it orange? Okay, yeah, my hair was orange at that time. And uh, what, you had orange? Oh, yeah, it looked like a Cheeto cheese puff. You know, it was, it, was, it was orange. You know, I've had mohawks, all that stuff. Mom destroyed every single picture. Trust me. Yeah, she's shaking her head. She made sure that nobody, not even the FBI, could find out. You know. they're, they're buried with Jimmy Hoffa. So I, uh, I got this idea to go get my friends born again. I wasn't ready. And because I wasn't ready, and I, I was, my intentions were right, but I wasn't ready to get around those type of people and give them what I received. So when you get in your closet, if you get something that you think that, man, run with it. Remember we talked about getting with a wise person? Find that wise believer that you know. And talk with them about some of the, share with them about what God's saying to you. Get some confirmation. Because until you've done this and until you know God's voice, it's going to be really hard to decipher the difference between his voice and your voice. Okay, I want everybody to be quiet a minute, okay, and listen. Did you hear that? Hold on, let's do it one more time. Did you hear that? That was your voice, God's voice and the devil's voice, it all sounds the same. Because it all goes through your mind. How do I know the difference? If it's your voice, it's always going to be about you. If it's the devil's voice, it's going to have some scripture in it to justify your action, but it's going to be twisted. So unless you know the word well enough, you're not going to know the difference between God and the devil. Now, if it's God's voice, it's always going to be backed up by Scripture. It's never going to twist it, turn it, pervert it. It's always going to be done out of love. And it's always going to be done to edify other people instead of yourself. That's the litmus test. That's how you know. So it might be in the living room. It might be in the closet. But you want to hear his voice. Mark 1.35 says this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He did that every day. Every day he had a time. Every day he had a place. And then number three here is you need to have a plan. you got to have a certain plan. you got to get a plan. 
You can't just go shoot from the hips like I said earlier. You have to have a plan. You have to have some direction. Why? Because Jesus did. How do you know? In Luke chapter 11, love this scripture. Probably one of my most favorite scriptures in the King James Bible. Um, but what's going on is Jesus is praying in a certain place. His disciples are listening to him. And when he gets done praying in, in verse number 1, one of the disciples said, will you teach us how to pray like John taught his disciples how to pray? So then he says this. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. He wasn't giving them the exact words to say. He was giving them the plan and the format to pray. So every time you get together with God, honor Him as God. Every time you get together with God, know who you are in the family. Every time you get together with God, realize that He gives you everything. Every time that you get together with God, realize He's not the tempter. He leads you away from it. He's giving you the plan to get together with God. And that's how it works. So, you got a time, you got a place, you got a plan. Now let's move to number three. Read and submit to God's word. You know, most people have a hard time with this one right here. This is, this is the biggie. Everybody say the biggie! Thank you. I heard your voice. Why is this so big? Because how many people, or how many times, uh, I know you haven't said this. There are so many different interpretations of the Word of God. No, there's not. There's one. Yeah. See, stop listening to society's interpretation. Stop interpreting the word through the lens of your morality and start interpreting your morality through the lens of the word. That's real good. Because if you do it that way, you'll interpret it the right way. You won't be going, ooh, how close can I get? You'll be going, thank you, Lord, for keeping me so far away. Because there's no temptation there. I'm not trying to get close to death. I'm trying to walk in life. Joshua 1.8, it says this, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Man, he said, look, meditate on this day and night, every day. And you know what? When, he, when you do that, he get, he, the next what it says. He makes a promise here. He says, then you will be prosperous and successful. You want to be prosperous and successful? He just showed you how to do it. That's exactly how to do it. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates what? Day and night. 
He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. You don't have to do it all day, just do it every day. Every day. The Bible says, what? Cast your cares on him, because why? Because he cares for you. Every day. See, so every day I'm going to be thankful. Every day I'm going to cast my cares upon him. Every day I'm going to meditate on his promises. Why? Because by doing so, I shall prosper. What are you saying? You're going to get rich? No. Let me. I won't say it this time, Lord. Prosperity is not getting rich. Okay? You all know what dung is? Getting rich is dung. It's the byproduct of food. Okay? Getting rich with money is dung. It's the byproduct of prosperity. Prosperity is the river of God. The anointing. The river of life that flows from His throne. That's prosperity. A river at flood stage, when it rises, houses, cars, trucks, TVs, whatever, goes down the river, and then you have a bunch of dung in your yard. We call it debris. But so many people are worshiping debris when they need to be worshiping the one who brings the debris. That's prosperity. But we're so caught up in stuff. So every day, number four, I need to maintain meaningful relationships. Whether you like it or not, that's God's plan. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't want you to try to do it alone. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another, what? Daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be, what? Hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So what happens is when you get detoxed and all cleaned up, and you start skipping some of these steps to maintain, then what's going to happen is your heart is going to start to get hardened with sin. And then you think, well, I'll just hide it right now, and I'll work with it, and I'll deal with it, and then eventually I'm going to get out of it. No, you're going to keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper, and eventually what you're going to do is you're going to not come to church. You're You're going to walk away from God. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. So every day, take a swing, every day, because you can't fix it alone. We need to maintain meaningful relationships. So number one, I need to be grateful. Number two, I need to talk to God. Number three, every day, I'm going to read and submit to God's word. Number four, every day, I'm going to maintain meaningful relationships. I'm going to allow people to speak into my life. And last but not least, and this is where we're going to close, number five, surrender my life to God. 